start it. Testing, testing, manifesting. Like check, like check, one, two, three. What you feeling like? What you trying to be? Uh, so, welcome, people, to the exciting interlude clusion, aka just another piece of the puzzle of the Make Do Podcast. I'm joined today, slash tonight, slash right now, once again, by the lovely Do. Hey, yo. The shining brightness in the darkness of my life. She's really dope. Y'all should pay her. Mm-hmm. And today, we are here to tell you, don't do it, dude. Don't do it. <laughs> Anything you were thinking about doing that's dumb, that you weren't sure about, you're a little on the fence, nix that, man. Don't do it. Ixnay on it. And also, don't sleep on the Gouda. And also, remember to floss, folks. Dental hygiene, not a joke. I repeat, not a joke. Not a bit. No. But real talk, really real talk. Is it really real talk? Uh, I wanted to spend a little time tonight bringing up the concept of upcycling and terracycling, you know, on any scale applicable just as something we think about as we go through our routines and or breaking out of the monotony of our day-to-day gallivanting or what have you so i have heard the idea of zero waste thrown around a bit over the years and it kind of fascinated me just to be thinking of what's considered trash just to be thrown away or discarded as raw material instead You know, like every type of item that we find or receive or encounter could be seen really as a building block for something else. Any project we can conceive of needs pieces of dealios and thingies. Uh, I guess I'll just jump right into it without getting too heady. Without further to do. Adieu? Yeah. To do? You do. Adieuing? Adoom? Da-doom, da-doom, doom. Da-doom, 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 da-doom. Me do? She do. Shoot. And you do too. Can't make this shit up. So basically I just, I had thought of a couple things that I keep running into on a regular basis. Trinity and I have really been trying to exercise this concept ourselves because, well, with starting this business highly gangster apparel you know starting business is not easy it takes a lot of investing and money and resources so we've really had to be very creative with how we source stuff for example it'll look like going to goodwill or arc or something and finding clothes that we could print on there that are like already used clothes or clothes that we already own. And that's super important to us because making clothing is actually really hard on the environment, which is kind of insane to think about. You don't even really consider how many resources go into making just like one t-shirt. Yeah, I guess a lot of watering and manufacturing and process and labor involved just for some processed cotton. And then I had also heard something, I can't remember the stats, but it's like just some insane like millions of pounds worth of old clothes, quote unquote old clothes is just being tossed in the landfill daily so that was another thing is we've been saving up old stuff that's wearing out or that we don't wear anymore or whatever and keeping the fabric as working material for you know patchwork or designing new outfits you know if you got a cool color or material or something then you can you know rip that up and sew it onto something else or repair holes with it or whatever instead of just discarding it yeah it's kind of cool to think about the ideas we've had just in trying to sustainably and responsibly source stuff for our business like for example those bubble mailers and envelopes that you get in the mail with packages and stuff we've been keeping those and sending out packages ourselves with the same packaging which is cool using it more than once and it doesn't even like really seem like that 
big of a deal really, but think about it. Most people just get a package from Amazon and then toss that. So if we can even use it one more time, then that's pretty cool. And it's like oftentimes they're in really good condition. You know, yeah. Depending on how you open it, it's just going to have a slight, pretty clean opening or a little bit of tearing that's quite easily worked with or mended. Yeah. And, and then, yeah, you can just rip the labels off, slap a new one on. Right. And that saves you time and money. Yeah. I don't know. It's really just forced me personally to not give up on materials right away. Like I had this whole box of envelopes that I've had for like years and somehow they got all wet and the glue or the adhesive was like sticking to the envelope. And at first I was like, dang nab it. I can't use these envelopes because they're all used up already somehow. But I was just like, I'll just keep them and figure it out. Then we held on to them for a couple months and then I just pulled one out one day and figured out that you can slowly open it and then boom, you got an envelope that you can use again. And then if the adhesive's not working properly or you don't want to lick it, you can just seal it shut with tape. Yeah, don't lick envelopes. That's really bad for you. Just FYI. Yeah, I heard there's an urban legend that the, in the bottom of those giant vats of glue, there's always like dead rats and animals and stuff found. Oh, yeah. Just festering and marinating in that juice. I don't think it's an urban legend. I think it's real No, it's a real legend. <laughs> There's a Seinfeld episode where George's fiance dies <laughs> from licking too many envelopes because the glue is toxic. She's like obsessively licking them as recreation or? Uh, one could say it's for their wedding invitations. And I don't know. she was doing it all herself. I don't know what Seinfeld is. It's a video game, I think, from the 80s. One could say, but it's funny because he grows to hate his fiance. So when she like basically kills herself, he's trying really hard to contain his excitement. <laughs> uh, uh, savage. Yeah. But... Uh-oh. Somebody in trouble. Go, go, go. Hope they get away. It's like, dude, that's an ambulance, you idiot. <laughs> I hope they get away still. <laughs> Ain't nobody trying to pay $7,000 for a ride to the hospital. <laughs> and that, folks, is America. You can't afford to almost die. Right. So this this Seinfeld dream, want to elaborate on that more? Dream? <laughs> yeah, it's something you made up, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think it could be a pretty hit show, you know, based in the 90s. Anyways, it's definitely cool to see how, like, our perspective has been shifting towards this idea of just like try to reuse everything but I mean I'm kind of talking only about myself because Trinity's been really good at that and I don't know maybe we both perpetuated each other's perspective on this I would like to think but I don't know I feel like I have definitely been the type in the past to just be like uh screw that I'll just buy more of whatever I need but at the same time, I really haven't. If I look in my wardrobe, I literally have clothes from like 15 years ago that I still wear and stuff. And <laughs> I have like shoes that are super old and like falling apart, still wear them. Need a cobbler ASAP. <laughs> and I have sweaters and shirts that are like just absolutely falling apart with like holes and stuff in them and like one of my favorite sweaters is an adidas like midriff sweater and it is just full of holes and i still wear it like all the time like it looks cool honestly people pay for jeans that have rips and tears all over them i know and, and some some rancher somewhere is just shaking his head he's like man it took me 13 years to get that wrench hole that's right <laughs> Yeah, and I've definitely had people talk to me about it. Like, I don't know, somebody I knew was like, or I mentioned one one day to somebody that I was going to get some new shoes or I wanted to, and they were like, oh, really? That's cool. I just assumed that you liked old stuff. It's like, dude. Beep you. Beep you and your beeper beep. <laughs> your beep and beep, loose beep. <laughs> but. Beep Gina. I don't know, that's such a silly thing to talk smack about especially shoes that takes a lot of energy too to make and it's like so what if i want to wear it with holes but i guess that's a personal style choice and like we've said in the past people will talk crap about you no matter what you do or say but it was really cool because 
one of my favorite comedians, Bobby Lee. He like loves old shirts that he's had for like 20 years, which is like so many holes in them. And when I saw that on a podcast, of course, I was just like, heck yeah, I relate to that heavy, bro. Well, well, think about Swiss cheese. Yeah, it's (laughs) got to be holy to be whole. (laughs) I think I've done a pretty good job myself of reusing old things, keeping old things for a long time. But I think meeting Trinity really helped me, like, solidify that perspective because he's really good at keeping old scraps of paper and just writing whatever on their, like, lyrics or ideas on just like the tiniest little pieces of paper like the backings of stickers and stuff which I think is cool and I mean if you look at the apartment now it could resemble some type of hoarding all these little tiny bits of what other people would assume is trash but it's all for a good cause I think well it's like say for example you take a fresh sheet of paper and you jot down just one little list or a note to self on it and then when you're done with it the whole thing just gets trashed it's like well you cut that up into pieces and you can prolong the usefulness of something that you already paid for or already have you know instead of constantly ringing up on stuff unnecessarily yeah no i definitely agree with it overall i think it's cool it's just a different way of looking at things yeah it's easy with depression and laziness and the idea of well i'm gonna get paid soon to just ditch things that need a little attention and just buy new stuff like working as a server in a restaurant you get holes in your pants or shirt and your first thought is just like well i'm not gonna waste time trying to fix that i'll just i'll just buy new stuff but actually my friend reagan who worked there she also kind of opened my eyes to that like, she had holes in some pants, work pants, and she asked me if I could sew one day. And I was like, no, not really. But I thought about it, and I was like, that's kind of cool that she's just trying to fix her pants. Because you're just wearing these pants to make money, so why would you go out and spend money on new pants that are inevitably going to fall apart too? When you could just learn how to sew and maintain your pants and... It's cool to just think about how, like, you can make things work with just a little bit of creativity. I mean, it's definitely hard to get to that point, because there's been many times where I have wanted to bail on something just from sheer laziness and disassociation, you know? Like, (laughs) I have this water bottle that's, like, a super nice water bottle, and um, I didn't clean it for, like, a little while, and there's, like, the seal and the cap started to grow a little bit of mold and for so long i was just like i'm not even gonna use it bro screw that toss that to the side and i don't know why it was so hard for me to like look past that and try to make it work but i guess that's the whole thing we have talked about in the past where things can seem so difficult for so long but then if you just think about it for a little bit you can figure it out and it's so interesting Because in the apartment complex I live in, people have gotten into the habit of putting items that are still good that they don't want anymore just by the dumpster, not in it, so that people can come around and grab it if they need it. And the stuff that we have found, oh my god, it's crazy. We've found hundreds, probably a thousand dollars worth of stuff just sitting outside. Yeah, like, we got, like, a desk almost like hutches, you know, little... Like end tables? Yeah, stuff that's pretty nice looking, well-crafted wood woodwork, and it's got one little scuff on it. Yeah. Or something like that, where it's like, one, you could easily sand that down, you could restain it if you wanted to. Yeah, we've literally found one, two, three, four, five really nice tables. One of them is like a little armoire type thing that I use next to my desk. It's so nice. And I feel like all these neighbors are like in that mode of... On to the next thing. Yeah, like cutting down your belongings, you know. Oh, minimal. Minimizing. Yeah. Which like I get, I have definitely in the past 
been in that mode of like just strip down your belongings get rid of what you don't need and donate the rest or whatever I don't know I've just lost so much stuff in the past moving from place to place living with roommates and terrible people who steal my stuff and now I'm in a mode where it's like I like give me all your stuff because I'm gonna make it work somehow I'll get a lot of use out of it like there was totally a time when I thought I needed to modernize my apartment and my area and make it seem more adult but now it's like I don't care if there's like varnish stripped off of a table that was left outside I will use it because who am I trying to look nice for you know but yeah it's insane the stuff that we found like we found a a little keyboard like piano keyboard with a stand and everything we found this weird creepy camel guardian statue <laughs> it's like six feet tall yeah seven feet almost and we got this uh, he's our homie now yeah yeah shouts out to weird camel dude <laughs> uh, unnamed tba uh <laughs> yeah we got this really cool the other day we were driving by and we saw this like it's like a bookshelf kind of you know it's a little it's kind of simple it's like a stand with a couple of kind of different shelf situations happening but yeah right now we're using it for the plants literally nothing is wrong with it too no it's like it still had like cardboard attached to it like as if it was pretty much brand new yeah we found a huge rug we found a toaster oven like really nice toaster oven that works perfectly fine and i mean kudos to the people for actually putting it next to the dumpster where people can still access it but at the same time it's like you really are just gonna let that sit in the landfill like why and i'm sure they're all all these people are just getting new items that they're like okay i got a new keyboard i don't need this one anymore and i mean don't get me wrong it's i'm very grateful that i am able to take that stuff but what if i what if we never lived here you know i don't think anybody would have taken it otherwise and this chair i'm sitting in i found this chair next to a dumpster it's like super cool woodworked um armrests with either real leather or pleather seat it's like this had to have been like what did you say three hundred dollar chair at some point yeah brand new probably would have been quite a bit it's nice little kind of office computer chair yeah and i mean i know why they tried to toss it because it did smell like cigarettes and there was ash and stuff like in the crevices of this chair but it's like what takes all of 10 minutes to clean yeah wet rag vacuum something like that done yeah and yeah it's seriously the coolest chair i've ever seen yeah i think we got what a total of three four really nice chairs yeah (laughs) we need to stop collecting chairs but well i you know i thought because it's just a matter of basically your your creativity is this was an idea i wanted to go into is it starts with okay how can i just possibly reuse this thing as is you know what is it good for what value does it still hold as a used object and then from there you could be like okay well say you've got a wooden desk or something just fairly normal straightforward it's like well if you know woodworking and carving and whittling right there you've got art supply in a big sense that you know you could carve into it uh, sand it down stain it so then you've got something really ornate and you know much more valuable something that you would have spent you know a bunch of money and time rummaging through home depot and all that yeah i mean it definitely takes a little bit of elbow grease and trial and error and knowing what you want to do with it which i'm sure a lot of people don't want to do which i understand for sure but i mean once you 
are trying to start a business with little to no money, you start to get very creative. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's cool to just keep that perspective in mind. Like, instead of just normally tossing out your garbage and going about your day, just taking a second to even think about, well, could I use this for something? And I guess one of the things that really inspired this podcast was that me and Rin were talking about this exact concept and I had mentioned that I watched this documentary a long time ago about this woman who was like committed to having zero waste not low waste zero waste and she would recycle upcycle everything she in the documentary she's wearing a pair of shorts that the waistband had like completely disintegrated basically and she was holding them together with like a hair clip i i watched this a long time ago so i can't really remember everything that she did with everything but like obviously clothes she would wear them as long as possible or strip them down for materials and use it for something else and she had this small bin of like trash plastic and other small objects that she was like completely stumped on and could not find any use for and i just thought that that was like so cool that even though she had no idea what to do with these objects she still kept them because she knew that well eventually i might find a use for it and last summer it's winter right now rain and i were like biking around a lot (laughs) super late at night we would just go for like three hour bike rides and we made it like a game where we would just try to find stuff everywhere eyes glued to the street we'd pick up anything that we could find like screws springs we even rode our bikes through like a storage facility and found all kinds of stuff including needles there was literally like multiple needles which we obviously did not take no just dust that bad boy off (laughs) hit it with the lighter good to go but we still have the objects we have a whole box full of stuff that we haven't found a use for yet but you know there's always potential i mean how many times in your personal life have you had something like a piece of plastic or some type of object that you just kind of tossed away not thinking about it and then and then later on something comes up and you're like oh man that that would have been perfect for this like no matter what it is like having a plastic divider for something that keep things apart or i don't know it's not really a good example but i'm sure that's happened at least once or twice to you and we even found these plastic milk crates although they weren't really milk crates they were like larger but they're like plastic baskets and we found two of them and one is just full of all these materials that we haven't found a use for yet any glass jar like glass is such a valuable product it's insane that you could just like buy a pickle jar eat all the pickles and then just toss it in the recycling like that's what you're supposed to do but now i find it so hard to do that like especially the big pickle jars like there's so many uses for that yeah i mean you could just toss toss old material in there yeah and it has a lid and stuff like one thing we were doing is we get pickles right and then you've got like maybe spices or you know you're just kind of mixing and you can like like if you have pickles with a really tasty spice mixture in the pickle juice you know pickles are expensive especially the gourmet ones then what you could do is keep the pickle juice and then just buy a big jar of basic pickles put that juice in there and bada bing bada boom and (laughs) a long time ago like you can buy the big really tall pickle jars with the whole pickles for pretty cheap like six dollars i want to say because they're just like basic and i told rin a while ago i was like i like the spears i prefer the spears and he was like well let's just cut them in half and i was like damn it you're right it's really not hard to do that it takes all of 15 minutes to do anything it takes 15 minutes to do anything in your whole life all you have to do is just get to it yeah something we would mentioned before is just whatever it is you just gotta get yourself to do the thing because you're building up in your head and putting more energy and thinking about it than 
is even necessary to just get the task completed. Yeah, you spend way more energy and time thinking about how you don't want to do something than if you just rolled up your sleeves and did it. This is kind of unrelated, but eating at home more. I mean, we actually, we eat at home like 99% of the time now. And when I first moved in here and didn't know who Rin was, I was like eating out every single meal. It was pathetic. I literally had like jelly, beer, wine, and butter in my fridge or something. (laughs) Especially when you're alone, you might as well just eat out. I mean, nobody cares about me anyway. Just kidding. But when I met Rin, we would DoorDash stuff and eat out sometimes and I was like, this just is not sustainable for my wallet and stuff and your wallet. So we have been cooking every meal at home. Like, we'll go to the grocery store, get what we can afford, go to the food bank, which, by the way, is awesome. I would highly recommend checking out your food bank. Like, at first, I felt kind of bad going to the food bank, so I was like, well, isn't this stuff for, like, homeless people who have no other option? But they... At least our food bank in town has way more food than it can, like, even handle. Like, we've gone super late in the day when they're about to close and they still are, like, just throwing stuff at you. Like, they can't get rid of it fast enough. Yeah, massive amounts of stuff that's either expiring soon or, you know, there's some kind of overstock of this stuff is just sitting in giant boxes you know, just countless packages of it for weeks or whatever. Yeah. And even, like, to the point, like, you buy your groceries, you buy your snacks. That's all good. Eating at home is great. I would recommend it. You can make it how you want it. But now we're even getting to the point where we're like, okay, well, maybe we can make our favorite snacks that we buy. Like, we really like these kale chips that are so bomb. And and now we have an air fryer, air fryer, air fryer, and... One day I was like, well, I could just put kale in the air fryer and make it all crispy. And then I did it and it was so bomb. And you add seasoning to it. You know, you get a get a thing of nutritional yeast for like four bucks. Big thing of salt and pepper for five bucks, whatever. And then however much the kale costs, you know, a couple dollars. And right there off, uh, you know, $10, $20 investment, you're already able to make four or five times as much of what the little tiny packages of kale chips come in. Yeah, so... And that's the thing with... One thing with kind of just cooking at home as an idea is you buy some stuff in kind of more like bulk or like a big, you know, container of it that lasts you, you know, months or whatever. So, you know, you drop a couple dollars on a spice or a seasoning, but then now for months and months and months, many, many meals... It's up to just how much beans or meat or whatever vegetables you have or that you can get a hold of. And you can continually make a quality meal versus spending, you know, $20, $30 a night for something that, okay, well, now you don't have any of those ingredients also. Yeah, something that an old friend of mine said a long time ago when we were in high school. She's like, I hate spending money on food, like eating out, because then you eat it and it's gone. And you still spent money. And I was like, damn it, you're right. (laughs) But it's so true. And now, from this shift in perspective, I mean, we get the occasional Taco Bell, which if we're having a real rough day and we just need a dub of some kind, it's easy. It's good depression food, you know? Like, we're spending like $20 on food total one time in like a month, you know? So... I don't think it's very bad to do. But not only can you then use that money that you're going to spend eating out on your business, which is what I've been doing, but now I can't even, like, imagine going out to eat like I used to. I definitely still have to go out to eat with the family and stuff, but even then I, like, find it really hard to swallow buying food. One of our collectively favorite restaurants is this place called the Whiskey Still, and it is, like, phenomenal for sure. I love that place, but prices are so expensive now, too. Like, at the Whiskey Still, I I think it's, like, a seven-ounce filet 
dinner plate is like $35. No joke. Maybe 33 And it's like, that's freaking robbery, dude. But I know you're paying for service and preparation of the meal. But it's like, I can just do all that at home. Like, I was saying, I ran the other day. Eating at home is way better than going out anymore. I don't I have no interest in going out anymore. Like, I'd much rather season things the way I want it and make it the way I want it. Anyways, it's just, it's just cool to see the perspective change. It's not like there's any wrong answer with hypothesizing. Yeah. The food, you know, I had a friend who had said that, like, in this town alone, Fort Collins, and I'm sure plenty of other places in the world have, have food banks as well. Also, you know, sometimes if you go to restaurants as they're closing, like, there's one place in town that is just constantly, they've got more bagels produced or bought that they can possibly sell, but they have some kind of shelf life within the store's policies. So we're talking just giant sacks full of perfectly good food that just, you know, is no longer marketable. So I had a roommate who worked at Garbanzo. Every night they would get large amounts of the rice and the falafel and stuff that, you know, they'd have to make a certain amount for the day to make sure they had enough, but every night they would always have more. So that way they wouldn't have to be cooking near close time just save them time and energy so yeah they'd be constantly coming home with food anytime i ever worked at a restaurant same thing you know we'd always have extra chicken tenders or whatever fries you know started with i was work i was at this place called fat shack but before that i had a friend who worked there and she would constantly roll up and just toss give out sandwiches to me and other people you know homeless or whatever friends and so it was like a lot of restaurants have that capability if you kind of know where to look or who to ask you know there's a there's a place in town i think it's big city burrito i would walk in there even when i had a place to live in a job and stuff i would, I would do this it's like you walk into there right right before the breath to close and just ask like hey you guys got any extra rice and they're like yeah we're sick of this <laughs> like we don't want to eat rice and beans every night and we also don't want to just throw it away so if someone comes to grab it good to go dp dough sometimes i would go in there ask them hey do you guys have any like if they had made something wrong or they had burnt it slightly, they would just set it aside just to either take home or to give to someone who rolled up. So, you know, pretty often I'd get be getting free sandwiches and pizzas and stuff all over town just by asking. So part of it is just like stow your pride a bit. Cause I mean, if you want to spend a, a larger fraction of your income on food unnecessarily, okay i guess but we're not in some competition i i think it kind of seems that way to some people like you want to be displaying that you're spending more cash somehow that somehow that's a sign of success or wealth when it's like i'm thinking on the opposite end of the spectrum is the less i can spend on the stuff i want or have or need the more i can actually get stuff that is useful like you know all the money that we've saved on food and little odds and ends here and there we've been able to create stickers physically put our art into the world as a product yeah and like some of our stickers are like made to order like we're selling an item that doesn't exist yet so as we get sticker sales we have to order the stickers online to get made and sometimes when people order a new sticker that we haven't sold before i'm like oh man i wish that they ordered the stickers that we already have but then i think about it and i'm like i literally would have been spending this money on like one night one day of eating out and this is like an investment that's gonna make us money so like what am i complaining about (laughs) yeah it's crazy you know you could spend 20 30 plus dollars at a restaurant easily for one outing or one night of eating versus save that up for a night or a few nights and you've got anything i mean the whole idea of saving money isn't anything new but it's like kind of just this theme that we're running with today specifically is the idea of just imagining a little more what are your resources actually worth and what can you actually do it's not even about just stretching a dollar but it's like a pack of cigarettes a day that's could be a used car in a couple months new video game console yeah you really aren't like initially thinking about how much money you are actually spending every day especially with eating out because it's just so accepted especially in fort collins if y'all have ever been here we have probably the most restaurants anywhere 
not even joking. There's restaurants every block and multiples of them in every block and like everyone I know is either in the phase or has gone through a phase where they've eaten out every single meal. It ends up being like you're paying as much as you are for rent. Yeah. Each month. But it's like, like I know it's so easy to do because you get so tired, you're so hungry, you've been working all day, and the last thing you want to do is put kale in the freaking air fryer, you know? We're just trying to say that it's worth it. Yeah, and like going to, you know, you spend five dollars on an order of fries versus you could spend five bucks on a whole sack of potatoes, and uh, we've been just, I've been just chopping them up into wedges and air frying those, and so we're able to have fries for like a whole month or like a couple of weeks or something off of one five dollar bag of potatoes that we we happen to even get for free. Yeah. And that's uh, that's not mentioning. <laughs> the maggots. <laughs> uh, I don't know where I saw this video. There was this this movement. I don't know if it was it was in some weirder city like Portland or whatever. But it was like this group of people that kind of had a mission to be trying to, you know, they would go on little excursions, kind of go out of their way to find old food that stores were thrown out or whatever where it's like okay so you got a sack of blueberry uh, a package of blueberries and a quarter of it or a few of them are moldy right and so kind of american western consumerist mindset would be like okay just toss that and these dudes would just cut the piece off of the mango or pull out the ones that are healthy and fine wash them off boom there you go you got five dollars worth of blueberries because you were brave enough to go around the two that are all disgusting you know yeah and so they'd go pretty hard on that you know with uh rummaging through because stores and whatnot are constantly tossing out just insane amounts of the stuff and that's that's a big big source of the food bank is stuff that's expiring or that's getting old or whatever where it's like okay so yeah food is a bigger thing than i even kind of thought of going into this conversation i was like I guess why it's seeming so oppressing to us is because it's like you're gonna you're doing it daily, very constantly. You're eating food, so why not make that something that you're minimizing the expense, stretches your resources further. I mean, so you got to think of not only your, well, it's like that the whole time is money thing. That not only are you spending less, buying less, getting stuff for free, but you're also spending less time at the store, and driving to and from buying stuff unnecessarily right yeah or doordash oh my gosh i was very guilty of utilizing doordash and you just get slayed with delivery fees and tip and slayed it's like you will buy a 20 dollar entree and end up paying 23 more dollars in delivery fees taxes and tip (laughs) and then the driver on reddit will complain that you didn't tip enough which I guess, you know, good for you supporting local economy, uh, driver's wages, I guess, but... Yeah, I... Oh, that's another thing I could talk about is how unfair it is for everybody that servers and delivery people's income relies on tips. Because we're literally paying... As customers, we're literally paying your salary out of our pocket just out of the generosity of our hearts. And then the owner of the establishment or whatever is making that as net profit. Yeah, whereas the owner of the restaurant could just pay their employees a fair wage, a fair salary. On the show, Adam ruins everything. He talks about how tipping culture is like a total scam and it's super unfair for everybody and it, it shouldn't exist. Everybody should be entitled to good service and all servers should be entitled to fair pay. I guess so there's actually studies about how there's some restaurants in America that pool all the tips and everybody gets the same cut of tips that have come in that night. And according to the study I read in school, they, they perform better, everybody's happier. Like, the tips should really be going to the cooks. I don't know, it's just insane how you'll go to, like, a local coffee shop 
buy a latte and then they turn around the iPad to you and do you want to tip 30%, 35%, 40%? 500% please? <laughs> so my kids can eat tonight? <laughs> <laughs> like I get it, they, they want the money, they need the money, but it's like I just want a freaking coffee dude. I just want a latte. I didn't expect to pay $20 on a latte today. <laughs> Jerry Seinfeld has a stand-up bit about that where he's like, what am I tipping you for? Not punching me in the face? <laughs> <laughs> basically, yeah. It's like, it's like old mafiosa security fees, basically. It's like, yeah, wouldn't want anything bad to happen to you while you're waiting for your tikka masala. <laughs> it's a sidebar. Yeah, we just took a little nappy nap, so... Now Rin thinks I'm mad and... Mad. She mad, mad, dude. Yeah. You should see how mad. So, kind of in the topic of everything ties together, let's go. So going back onto a big part of this matter is assessing your how proud you are of being a buyer of items, you know? If you can put that away a bit, you can realize that so much stuff can be gotten cheaper or free just by looking around you know one little thing is we'll get extra food and then we'll just you know ask her ask dude's neighbor or i'll take it to wellness court that i'm going to just sharing the stuff that we're getting for free when it's like well that person wouldn't maybe wouldn't have even thought about it so then it's just saving everybody money that way money 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 save it <laughs> just an, another perspective on how you can get all the things you want and need for less and then so then you can ultimately have more of what you want because to kind of build on this idea with a couple more examples i thought of was going back to thrifting that alone is a good starting point because i've gotten so much like cool name brand you know vans nikes columbia really quality stuff that you know rich people just go drop off at a thrift store for a tax write-off or just because they want to clear a closet space for new hundreds of dollars outfits that they're getting you know you could be getting a hundred dollar pair of shoes for 10 bucks or something whatever the margins are that's a good starting point for sure and then you know that whole like minimizing less clutter in your life that's probably on the healthier consumer spectrum I would say, where the extreme is that every little thing is seen as disposable and to be readily replaced. So it's like you just keep buying more and more and more and just getting more stuff and then you can just get rid of old stuff. But then kind of the alternative on that, where I've often found myself is, let's say you do hoard a little bit. You've got a box full of nuts and bolts, screws or uh, little decals or kind of you know roadside whatever. It's like, okay, so say you maybe find some use for the thing later. You repurpose it, put it, put it onto something else, combine it, whatever. It's like, okay, perfect. So then that was 100% good, good deal. And on the other hand, you throw it away because you're trying to free up space or whatever. Okay, then isn't that no harm, no foul too in that instance? I mean, it goes to the same place where it was already heading and it costs you just a little bit of time and space. So it's like, what's, what's the downside to looking at things like that? as possibly having a usefulness kind of where where i'm at with that right now is you know something i learned as i was going about kind of being a backpacker wandering around just kind of living off of whatever i could find you know because there's like on one hand you can panhandle you can hustle sell stuff you can work whatever you want to do to acquire more means versus for a long time i was just trying to not need to buy or spend anything I just didn't want to use my time that way so it's like I wasn't looking around because I needed stuff off the ground or handouts from people I just saw that it was available so there's some different layers and to that kind of thinking as well you know I thought it was worth mentioning the ingenuity that I saw among other homeless people when I was on the streets you know on and off over the years is uh, firstly, I saw what I would call the, the raccoon classification of people who would just be constantly dumpster diving, just make that a habitual activity where, you know, they'd make a mission out of finding useful or even new stuff, which there is an absurd abundance of if you're willing to really humble yourself. That's key there is if you're searching the nooks and crannies of your town, specifically this kind of touristy college town, 
there's so much brand new stuff getting tossed out constantly from, you know, old apartments or whatever. All you have to do is just look around, you know. A lot of people probably don't want to, you know, there's like maybe some cultural aspect to it where it's like, okay, oh, it's taboo to be looking inside of a dumpster. It's like, well, if there's brand new merchandise in there for whatever reason, then what's the downside? People are going to think you're a trash person. It's like, who cares? What What are they doing for you? Are they paying your bills? Are they worried about your well-being at all? No, just judging you? Then uh, sounds like that. there's really not a whole lot of weight to that being labeled in that way. Then kind of where I fell into more was the, <laughs> yes, I call it like the Hawkeye ground score people, where it's like as you're, and this, you know, we kind of, Laura and I do this kind of a bit as we're just, going around, driving around town, or running errands, bike riding, you know, just look down, look around, and you can find so much crazy stuff that's lost or dropped, would have potentially just been swept up and trashed. I mean, I can't even count or recall all the gems, jewelry, trinkets, you know, just cool stuff, just in some gutter somewhere or something. I mean, one time we were going to uh, the Renaissance Festival, we were driving down to kind of near Denver, I guess it was. And on the side of the road, I saw something that I was like, wait a second, is that Sonic the Hedgehog? So we pull over and hop out and grab it. And yeah, it's this cool little Sonic plushie. Could have been probably sold for like 20 bucks. Just a little dirty, tossed in the washer, no problem. It's like brand new, super cool, because we both like Sonic. Something that would just be so easy to pass up. And like the other day, driving by the mall, found this little plush of like bulldog creature. I don't really know. It's like this round little bulldog face guy. Same thing, just a little muddy. Toss that in the washer. Now you've got this cool little thing that kind of stuff that people would be spending quite a bit on. I mean, yeah, somebody has already spent quite a bit on it, and somebody else was going to trash it just because of a little bit of dirt. It's basically like from It's Always Sunny, the street rat mentality. Charlie and Frank are obsessed with like searching for stuff under the bridge and they call them street rats but hey it, if all it takes is a little bit of elbow grease to clean something fix something and then you then have that item for free that's worth it you'd be otherwise working hours to get the money to buy that item new or as you could just take it home clean it for 30 minutes good to go and Another thing I wanted to mention real quick is Facebook Marketplace. It can be addicting. Oh, Indy's tapping me on the shoulder. Hi, Indy. Hi, shoulder. Facebook Marketplace not only has a ton of stuff for like $20 or less, but if you just search free in the search bar, you would be shocked the items you can come across. Like the other day... Ren and I were just chilling and I look at Facebook Marketplace and this listing is like tons of office supplies for free, first come, first serve, moving offices. I'm literally looking at three huge shopping bags full of all types of office supplies that we're going to use for our business. We got all these mouse pads, got a mop, Swiffer mop. I've literally like never had a mop in my life. It's kind of gross. Mugs and knives and... Paper. Paper. Yeah, paper and paper holders. Like those little plastic... Organizers. Yeah. Um, We're going to use all of this for business. It's just free stuff that's going to help us be more organized and hold more items. And then when we brought the Swiffer home, Rin was like, oh, instead of buying Swiffer pads or whatever... We could just, like, attach a clean rag to it and clean it with that. Yeah, it just saves you a little little elbow grease getting down. Because I've known some people who would, like, hand wipe their floor. Yeah. Rather I've than done that. buying that stuff. And it's, like, same concept, but you've just got a little tool for it. That yeah. Makes it uh, easier. So now, for the, pr- for the price of free 99 we have a mop, a working mop, that's going to be effective. All we have to do is just use a little bit of cleaner or soap, soapy water. So yeah, I'm sure there's going to be some people listening to this that are like, I'll just buy what I need. 
it's really not that big of a deal. I'm going to get paid again. But the point to all this is that you can just score a lot of useful items that you need for free. You can save your hard-earned dollars to buy eggs now that are, like, one of the most <laughs> expensive things at the grocery store. It's just the creativity is cool to me. Like, Shark Tank. If you guys watch Shark Tank, I was obsessed with that show. Now I feel like the show anymore is, like, really catering to, like, these bougie purchases, these, like, luxury items, because, let's be honest, that's what people want, but um, it is cool to see the entrepreneur's creativity in themselves, like, so the owner of Fat Shack, of, like, the whole company, lived in Fort Collins, and he worked at Gibbs Bagels, I'm pretty sure this is all accurate, Gibbs Bagels is in Fort Collins as well, and he came up with the idea of Fat Shack, came up with the idea of the menu, and as an employee there, he asked his boss if he could use the kitchen late at night when the store was closed to make his own food and sell his own food. Pretty sure I'm remembering that accurately. And he told that story to the sharks, and Mr. Wonderful was like, good job, dude. That is, like, true entrepreneurial spirit right there. Which is, like, something that we promote pretty heavy. It's not just about saving money, it's about doing more of what you want to do. So if you've got more to invest in yourself, then that seems like wins all around, right? Yeah. I mean, either you're, either you're actively putting time and energy and funds into your dream, you know, your goals and ideals, or you're doing that same thing for someone else. Yep, that's literally... A quote that Mr. Wonderful also said was, a salary is a drug they give you to forget about your dreams. Yeah, because then you're, and, and you're actively supporting theirs. You think any CEO is more concerned with your livelihood than theirs? Unlikely. Yeah, and it's kind of funny. We're talking about this because we literally just watched Fight Club again, which is like extreme anti-consumerism. Talk about creativity. Tyler Durden was literally making and selling soap from the richest and creamiest fat in the world <laughs> from the liposuction center. Chuck Palahniuk eloquently put it, we're selling their own fat back to them. <laughs> Considered biohazardous waste, yet it's some of the finest material for the production of that product, soap. Yeah. And if you don't want to bomb it, that's cool, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a great movie. I am Jack's smirking revenge. I am Jack's disimpacted bowels. Sorry, what she said. No. <clears throat> anyway, a couple more things I wanted to go over. These are two things I kind of came up with that I'm projects I'm envisioning is okay. One, I've noticed that we ha we're getting a lot of plastic packaging. That a new product is coming in. Anything basically. Most things are plastic sealed in some way. But you know, uh, one is like this magnet that I got at the thrift store. Had this nice little pouch or you know a necklace that I got for my birthday from Do. Had a nice, pretty nice little bag. I'm like, okay, so the plastic can pretty easily be resealed, you know, by melting the ripped or open edges using a hair straightener, blow dryer, lighter, whatever you got on hand. Something that's considered trash can easily be used to reseal and package another item that you're giving away or selling or whatever. Makes it look a little nicer, gives it maybe some waterproof ability, whatever. Yeah, that's just one little thing or you know, another thing we've been doing is when we've got extra cardboard or cardstock, you know, kind of thicker materials, chop that up to the size of the envelope, use it as a backing to make sure it doesn't get bent or folded or damaged as much. You know, it's even stuff like if you're throwing it in your backpack or whatever, you know, when we go to school, we're using like a three ring binder or something like that to protect the papers. So same kind of thing is if you've got a sturdier material, it's just going to go in the trash, increase your survivability and transport in lots of ways like that so another thing i thought of which we haven't got to quite yet but it was something that you know once i watched this video where this dude was making diy pins you know metal metal hat pins and uh how he was doing is he was melting down old metal scraps you know um aluminum foil melting down old aluminum cans or whatever and then you know he was going through the processes of making molds so then you can pour that liquid metal, reshape it quite easily, 
so you can you can check out jewelry making tutorials for more info on those processes like how to how to make molds pretty inexpensively the base of that the foundation of that idea is just saving old metal you know aluminum foil paper clips whatever you find that you're like oh okay this is I'm done with this so I don't need it anymore when it's like you know I'm, I'm looking at old paper clips or thumbtack or something like that where I'm like okay maybe 10 to 100 of these and you can make your own pin or some little trinket or something that you could something that you want could have could sell it's like this stuff's just operating out of thin air the alternative is you'd go and you'd be buying ingots or you know blocks <laughs> of whatever to do the same process i mean if you go buy something made out of metal there's a factory where they're melting down metal to do the same thing you know all you need for that is just a semi-nice torch or even know someone who has one it's another thing maybe you find some scrap wood you see someone's throwing out a pallet that's broken or something like that it's like you don't even have to have a saw if you just knew someone who does i mean you know i knew someone who was i was working for him for a while but their business was remodeling and repair so so many tools that they might not even be using all the time where it's like okay well now you can easily transform what is seen as junk into art supplies or business materials again that's kind of that's that's sort of the message today is you know pay attention to or try to think critically about what is possible versus what is common or advertised you know the idea of the landfill really is preposterous i mean it's every single thing in the whole world can be recycled in some way you know i remember seeing there was places in third world countries or something. It was this like, they would take old glass bottles and they would use those to make walls. You know, they'd lay the bottles out and, you know, use plaster molds, concrete, whatever that you'd normally make it with. But by having a bottle, concrete around it, bottle, bottle, all the way across, you're using way less of the, the mud, bricks or whatever and then these glass bottles are just gonna get tossed and or become potentially hazardous, broken, sharp material somewhere else. Right, yeah, I guess what I'm trying to say is just don't give up on materials so quickly. Maybe this idea is not appealing to you and you just, you don't have a need for it, you wanna get rid of it. But I think it would benefit everybody if you just set aside a cardboard box, put glass jars, glass material, cardboard, plastic, thick plastic, little plastic baggies aside. Just put it in there and I promise you eventually you're gonna something's gonna come up and you're gonna be like, oh that's perfect. At the food bank, Rand got these little jars of like flan pudding and it they came in these cute little glass jars and it's like, no way am I going to throw that away. And now, like, instantly, a couple days later, got some sewing equipment, and I was like, I am absolutely going to use these jars for sewing equipment. And I have all the other sewing equipment in the old coffee tin. The world needs our help. It's not time to have the nicest, best things from Ikea that don't even last a year. Trust me, I've had Ikea stuff. It sucks. You can't even, you have to buy a whole new set of European tools to even be able to take the thing apart. In my opinion, it's not time to be the most modern to order a sewing equipment holder on Amazon. And, oh, I also need a thread holder from Amazon. Like, just, it, now's the time to really just give back to the planet in small, tiny ways and just reuse materials that are sturdy and durable and will last a freaking lifetime. Like the coffee tin that's not going anywhere. Something that this, this dude I knew said, he was like, if you throw something away, it doesn't really go away. It's just out of your field of vision because it's in a landfill, but it's going to sit there for your entire lifetime plus more. Right, it's just reallocating the problem. Yeah. Because obviously the amount of space that we have to bulldoze and make giant piles of stuff is going to run out. 
there's not an infinite amount of land that we're just destroying. I mean, th- like how big the landfill is just in this town alone, that could be a big enough farm to feed everyone in the whole town. Yeah. And it's just like no man's land, you know, it's, it smells disgusting. Got a bunch of dangerous, sharp stuff lying around. If you come to my apartment, you're going to see like old salsa jars and I'll serve you water in it. And I'm proud of that. I don't care what you think about that. <laughs> Not saying that you would think anyway about that, but yeah, we don't give an f, dude. <laughs> like one thing that actually impressed me a lot, I hadn't thought of, is when I first met Dew, is she had a couple of old shirts that were kind of worn down, and she wasn't wearing, and she was using those as a hair drying towel. And I was like, man, that's so smart, because if you got long hair, you're either using another towel or trying to go buy another soft towel when you've like already got a shirt that you'd just be tossing out yeah or like i knew someone who would cut up old shirts and stuff like that for to make little rags basically either use an old shirt that's not useful to use to check your oil in your car you know where it's like well you're not going to want to wear that obviously the stain but why why use it a new rag yeah and i for that's a good idea because i like just having rags that you can trash because I, for so many years, have tried to just not buy paper towels and just use, like, my nice kitchen rags for everything, literally everything, but sometimes you need something that you can just Stay. destroy. Yeah, <laughs> just... So I did have to buy paper towels recently, but that's good. Yeah. Definitely look into that. And then uh, going back to the idea of kind of the the more communal mindset is like say you've got old clothes with cool patterns or you got stuff that needs to be holes need to be fixed like you know do and i for example we got a sewing machine uh online from someone an old one for super cheap and now we have it we have supplies for sewing so it's like if you don't want to go buy a new sewing machine you just hit up us or someone that you know that has one and boom, you know, you upgrade your style and or prolong the life of the clothes you already own. Just that easy. Sending a message, making a phone call. Yeah, I remember there was this, it was something I heard about. I think it was, I think they just called her Esther. It was this woman that she, I think it started by her taking a bunch of acid, but she started channeling this extraterrestrial entity that was calling itself raw is they would do these interviews that they recorded um so you could look this up es- esther and Ra or whatever ra the like the egyptian god and so she was she would just lay down get in kind of a meditative like trance state and she would just be channeling information as if some alien was talking through her right and it was telling her about this planet one thing that was interesting going into the Egyptian mythology of it is that apparently this planet had humanoids, except they had either jackal or bird heads. So apparently that's where that came from. Is And on this planet, they didn't have the idea of the concept of trash was non-existent. What they had is outside of all of their houses or dwellings is they had an altar of material or objects or items that they didn't need anymore. So anything that you weren't using or didn't want, you'd put out on this altar outside your house, and then if someone's walking by, they'd just grab it if they could use it, and they could even leave something that is in their pocket that they don't need. So it was just kind of the the extrapolation of that idea is something that you have and don't want anymore, don't care for anymore, could be used by someone else. The whole one man's trash is another man's treasure, that's, that's very real. It just takes a little bit of time and thought to figure out where stuff goes really all in all getting to know your community and your neighbors and the other people in the world not a bad thing finding out who needs what and what y'all can do for each other that is a i think that is a reasonable progressive (laughs) mindset i found this person that i follow on a couple people that They'll make clothes and hats and stuff out of old pieces. Like, this one person took this, it was a denim, it was like skirt or shorts or something that was just completely ripped up, like, 
not it couldn't even be patched together like it was it was beyond holes and they just chopped it up into pieces and made this cool little bucket hat out of it a uh, nice little denim bucket hat this other dude would take like old blankets you know like cartoon characters video game characters you know those little childhood blankies or like kind of the soft like rugs and he would chop them up with templates and measuring everything and you know make cool like coats and hoodies and stuff I mean, it was something interesting, you know, it wasn't just patching something together, it was, you know, it'd have your favorite character on it or whatever, and an unusual material, so it was a little extra pizzazz, not just, not just canvas or cotton, but something kind of with a good feel to it, and that kind of stuff can just be as simple as a pair of scissors and a sewing needle, you know, like, most stuff that we think we need a machine for can also be done by hand more easily than is obvious, so like I said last time, this is a good, it's a good quote to keep in mind is, you know, know what is hidden. Always be asking yourself, what is it that I'm not seeing? What are, what are you missing? What, what more is there to that? Whatever it might be. You know, yeah. Every element of our life has more potential than we're taught or conditioned or is commonsensical. Put your thinking caps on. Just allow yourself to reuse items. Save the money. You don't need to keep up with appearances. <laughs> we said this quote last week. Don't let yourself work a job you hate by you don't need to impress people you don't like. What good is all that? I think that'll do it. We will see y'all next week. And keep in mind, it gets easier. So get to it. Make it happen. Yo, yo, uh-huh, so some things are going on, making stickers and such, and little baby Indy's got fish in her butt, and twice in a week I got a piss in the cup, this is make do, man, we mixing it up, uh, mic drop.